We are The Table, and we are so glad that you have taken time out of your week to join us. Here at The Table, it is our hope to move you forward in life and faith over the course of this message. At The Table, we do things just a bit differently. We pose questions in real time, and we want to give you some time to wrestle with those questions as well. Again, thanks for joining us, and we hope that this message moves you forward. A wonderful, wonderful, wonderful uh, month of study, and um, I am just excited to continue in our sermon series. Who can remind me what the sermon series is titled? Anybody, anybody, anybody? The Game of Life. The Game of Life. And all month we've been talking about how, in fact, even though life is not a game, the parallels that we can draw from looking at how games are played. And there are a couple things. So we've gone over the last couple of weeks. I started our first game we looked at was truth or dare. Right? You guys remember that? Truth or dare. When you are playing truth or dare, if you don't accept the truth, you accept a dare. A dare could be something that is unexpected. It can have consequences that you don't even anticipate. It can stretch you and challenge you and even embarrass you in ways that were not part of your plan. So why refuse truth and allow ourselves to take on the unknown? In week two, Pastor Sharon uh, Carey, my friend and sister in Christ, she preached on the game Taboo. Words have power. There are things we need to understand. We can't just be saying any and everything. You have to understand words have power, and we need to learn how to apply the Word of God on our challenges and on the things that we are faced with. Amen? Last week, her husband, Pastor Michael Carey, preached on the game Othello. You got to have an anchor. You got to know like you know without a shadow of a doubt. The enemy is not playing. You're playing a different game. He's already lost. The enemy is already lost. The thing is, he wants to distract you to prevent you from winning. When you lose, he wins. Because in the game of good and evil, he's already lost. So your challenge in that instance is to understand that he's not going to give up in hopes that you will. Amen? So today, before I tell you what today is, there's some understanding that I want to make sure that we're getting out of these next two weeks, and hopefully you capture them all throughout this month. But there are three things that we've learned to understand and that we've informally defined, but I want to make sure that you capture them and not miss them in the game of life, okay? So if you need to take out your, your phone and take pictures, I won't think you're the paparazzi. I'll think you're just trying to keep notes, all right? The very first thing that we agree upon or that we've defined to add context is this, that every game has an objective. Every game has an objective. It's either to win or survive. You don't play any game with the intention of losing, do you? Y'all seem confused. Every game has an objective. We agree? All right. Every game has guidelines. The guidelines are what the player follows to complete the objective. Every game has guidelines. The guidelines provide you, hey, in order to win the game, here's how to, you're trying to win the game, but here are some rules, here are some guidelines, here are some boundaries that you stay in 
And if you don't, you get disqualified. If you do, this is how you qualify to win the game. So do we agree every game has guidelines? Y'all making me worry. This side of the room, this whole section, like right here, Dan, from you, oh, no. <laughs> Every game has guidelines that the player follows to complete the objective. And thirdly, Every, every player or team has a strategy. Amen. Amen. Every, you, you have to have a strategy. So here's the objective. You're trying to win. Here are the guidelines to follow in order to win. And then the question becomes, how are you going to approach both the objective and the guidelines? So today you're going to help me critique one more game, another game. And this game is a board game called Sorry. Our game for today is Sorry, okay? And the objective, uh, based on the Hasbro website, that's the maker of the game, the objective of the game is, is the first player to get all four of their colored pieces from their start place to their home space is the winner. Those pieces that you have normally move clockwise in direction, but can be moved backwards if directed by the card that you select. But the piece that you move, remember you have four of them, is yours to decide. So identify these three things. In the game, the objective is to be the first to have your pieces move from where you start to home. The, the, the guideline is you have to move clockwise or only time you can move backwards is if the card directs you to. But the strategy is to determine what piece you move and when. So I want to show you a video that's on the website for Sorry that kind of helps explain this. And, and, and keep, pay attention, there will be a test. There won't really be a test. But when you say that, though, people pay more attention. Play the video. That is the game of sorry. Here's the quiz. There were four things in those directions that were called out. The first one was you choose. You choose. You choose a red, yellow, blue, or green piece is yours to play with. The second one was take instructions. You draw a card because the card gives you your guidelines for the direction that you move. The third thing was, then you got to make a move. And there were a couple moves that were called out in the video. You saw the word bump, jump, and slide. But you got to make a move. And the fourth thing was, to win the game, you got to make it home.
I told you there would be a quiz. If you would have answered all four of those things with me or said, yay, God. <laughs> I give you an opportunity every week to leave early. <laughs> every week, I preach the whole sermon right there. Choose, take instructions, make a move, make it home to be with the Lord. You failed miserably at answering the questions, so then I must continue on. I had the word right here, stop if everybody participates. You didn't, we keep going. Amen, amen. For you guys who, who are new and I haven't met before, I'm Pastor Nate. I get an opportunity to lead this great ministry. I'm silly, I like to engage with you, I want you to connect, but more importantly than anything, I want you to get it. So if you're like, you don't know whether to laugh or cry because I stand before you and you don't get me yet, that's okay. A lot of people don't. But it's more important to me that you get it, that you don't get me. I don't, you don't, I, I've been weird my whole life. Amen. I think. <laughs> Here's what I want you to know. So remember those things. Remember those things. I just gave you the whole sermon. I just gave you the whole sermon. Choose. Take instruction, make a move, make it home. So we're going to go to the passage, a familiar passage, Second Chronicles, the 7th chapter, the 14th verse. I'll be reading from the New Living Translation, and these are the words of God. And he says this, that if my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face, and turn from their wicked ways. Then I will hear from heaven, and I will forgive their sin, and I will heal their land. This passage of scripture gives us the blueprint to the game of life, and it's also the blueprint that I just shared with you in the game of sorry. The first step always is choose. The very first thing that you have to do is you have to choose. You have to make a decision. In the game of sorry, you have to first choose a piece. There's red, there's yellow, there's green, there's blue. And I always find it interesting games where you have to choose a piece. Because everyone always has a reason that they make the choice that they make. One of my sisters, anytime we would play a board game and you would have to choose a color, she picked green. And her reason for picking green was because green is money. And when you write on the money, you can't lose the game. Especially if we were playing Monopoly, green means go. And I'm going to go past go and collect my $200. That was her strategy. One of my other sisters, when the one sister would be very dramatic and share that, the other sister would say, well, I'm going to be red because red is like fire. <laughs> and anything you got, I'm going to burn it up and I'm going to speed past you. And I'm like, I don't care. Can we just start? But here's the thing, everybody has a reason for the choices that they make. 
Everybody has a reason why they pick their favorite thing. And in their head, it makes sense. It makes sense that you choose what you choose, why you choose, because it gives you your best shot to make sense out of everything you're up against. Your choice to you makes sense in both the board game and the game of life. But whatever the reason, it's really just a justified choice. You've decided that for your reason, the choice you make works for you. And it gives you a shot. Hmm. But in the game of life, justified choice is not anything more than a fancy excuse. Why are you saying that? Well, because realistically in the game, the color that you choose or the piece that you decide to play with really does not give you an advantage or a disadvantage. It's all just the way you think about it. It's just all the way you, 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 you see it. It's by happenstance. It's not really anything that gives you a benefit one way or the other. Sorry. I'm sorry to tell you, but that's just you justifying why you've made such a choice. But in the game of life, there is an advantage to the one who has made a choice based on how they have been identified by God. Not by the way you have identified to choose your peace in the way that you play. There is an advantage. Why? Why am I saying that there is an advantage? The advantage goes to the one who he identifies, not the one who self-identifies. Let me give you an example. Many people, if the Bears were undefeated right now, would be in here with Bears gear on. God bless you. You, don't, you, you with them ride or die. I love that. But there are many others in this room that would not dare be a bear. And since we're talking about animals, then can we talk about the elephant in the room? Because these are the things that we don't address. There are elephants in rooms all over the place, and we don't address them. I know what you're thinking. What's the elephant in the room? Me. I am the elephant in the room. Why? Because I know what you see every time you see, man, our pastor is tall, dark, and handsome. Yes! I, I, I'm out of here. I was going to hold that point until somebody said amen. No. But the elephant in the room is, yes, that may, that may be true or that could just be something that I think about myself. But here's the thing. Could I eat better and have better eating habits? Yes. Could I exercise more? Yes. Could I do things differently that would make my quality of life different and better and show more discipline in certain areas? Stay on my business. No. 
The elephant in the room is, of course, there are things that could be different. And I can choose to see it my way. I can believe what I want. I can make a decision. And guess what? All of those things are right in my own mind. I'm not trying to invalidate how you feel. I'm not trying to invalidate what you think. I'm not trying to invalidate how you identify. But the advantage goes into what he has identified me as. So we've got to know when the choices that we make, we've got to know there are many things that we can't help. You're right, we can't help, but he can. There are some things that we just, it is what it is. But in the game of life, you got to understand that it's important for you to identify as he does. Sorry. The game of life, as we see in our example and in our scripture text, there are instructions. You draw the card. And the card tells you where to move. The card does. So this is, this is interesting. Because in our text, we see guidelines. We hear God's words. We read God's words. And he says, if my people would. That's a qualifier. If my people would do something, meaning there is something that you have to understand about how he's identifying you. How are you my people? How do you become my people? How do you become God's people? If, then. You understand what I'm saying? Now, let's, let's, let's track with this. God is saying these words to Solomon. King Solomon, who the word of God says and refers to as the wisest man to have ever lived. Right after Solomon, who is David's son, has built and dedicated the temple to the Lord, he tells him these things, that he hears his prayer, and these are some of the words that God directs at Solomon. Quick sidebar, I love my church. Do you guys know that? If you didn't know, know this now. I love my church. One of the things I encourage you to do is read your Bible. One of the things I encourage you to do is listen and re-listen. Take notes and listen and re-listen to the podcast that we put out there for you to go and make sure that you caught it all. And I love when people say or prove to me that they've done that. A couple weeks ago, Brother Woody came up to me. He said, hey, hey, Pastor, I went back and I listened to the podcast when we were in the Dysfunctional Family series. And you preached a message about David. And you talked about David and Bathsheba. How many were here for that? Remember that? David and Bathsheba. And he said, and you talked about Solomon. And you talked about that through their dysfunction and their jacked up relationship, Solomon was born. I said, yeah. And he says, but 
but Solomon wasn't their first child. And I said, yeah, yeah, I know. He said, but that's not what you said. I said, what? What he said, no, I went back, I listened, I listened a couple times, and when you were preaching, it, it, it didn't just sound like you were saying, you, you kind of did say that Solomon was their, was their, was their child. And, and he is, but he wasn't their first child. Their first child actually died. And so you can thank Woody for connecting the dots today because what he, what he helped me realize is, one, he is listening. Two, he is studying. But there's very, it's something very important in the midst of that message that in trying to make one point, I kind of skimmed over something very important. And we need to understand, just because God will make just because God will bless something that starts in a mess does not mean that it goes without consequence. I, I, I don't want to skip over this because sometimes we have these happy Holy Ghost moments and it's like, you know what? Love God, love Jesus, hooray, it's going to be a party. But make no mistake, there are some consequences when you don't do things God's way. And it might even come out and you might be like, you know what? Ooh, we overcame. But some of us are looking to overcome without going through something for the consequences of our original decision. So, so here we are and we see Solomon years later following in his father's footsteps, having this relationship with God. And he's, he's sitting there and he's understanding something that many of us don't always catch. And that is, he's talking to God. God is saying, look, I'm so glad you didn't, you didn't led these people. You didn't built this temple. And how sweet are you to dedicate it to me? But he says, but there are some guidelines that you need to make sure people understand. Because if they think just coming to the temple, if they think just going through the motions, showing up on Sunday, learning a song, feeling good about yourself and stop talking bad about people, if they think just going through those things are the key to relationship with me, they have something else coming. They have to understand there that there are some things that you have to do that if you want to hear me in full, if you want to experience me in totality, if you want me to be there when you call, I'm always there, but are you? You got to make yourself available. And there are some things that you absolutely without have to do. And you can look at those guidelines that God has for us as either setups or setbacks. What do you mean? Well, if somebody gives you the answer, then they set you up for success. But if you don't want to take the answer, then it's a setback from your success. What do I mean? I'm so glad you asked. Y'all are so on point today. The text gives us the answer. God says, if my people, he says four things, would be humble, would pray, would seek him, would turn away from wickedness. Then he tells you what he'll do. Did you catch that? He gives you very clear. Here's the answer. See, you wanted to know the, the game. You wanted to understand the game. The objective is to be with him. 
And in order to do that, here are your guidelines. If my people who are called by my name, in other words, that I, my name, I'm identifying you. And if you want me to see you and you ever see, and you see me, here are the guidelines. Be humble. Pray. Seek me. Turn away from wickedness. Or not. And if not, then you need to understand. If you refuse to accept how he identifies you, and instead you choose to identify yourself in hopes that he still recognizes you. Sorry. I'm not sure it works that way. Why? Not because of my opinion, but because of what he said. If my people who are called, let's look at the scripture again. If my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways, I will hear them from heaven and will forgive their sins and restore their land. And is a major powerful word. I know you, I know those who get A's in English are like, there should be a comma in a comma. And then you, but you need to understand when those things happen, this is how it works. The word of God is telling us right here, here's the blueprint. You do it, here's the answer. Or you decide not to. Well, you're taking a risk. You're taking a chance that if you decide to not listen to the blueprint, to not follow the guidelines, if you decide something different, then woe is you who don't experience God like he intends us to. Here we go. We continue in our game. It says, thirdly, you had to make a move. Many of us in this room, we understand that. You got to make a move. But it says three things. It says, the game of sorry says you're going to have bumps, you're going to have jumps, and you're going to have slides in the game. If you looked at the board there. A bump, let me just make this normal for you. Let me just normalize this for you so you can understand. What is a bump? A bump is when you're in position and something or someone knocks you off it. You're on the board, you're playing the game. You're headed in the right direction. You finally catch a break and something or someone comes along and bumps you off your spot. Sounds something like life if you ask me. The game of sorry says there will be jumps. Oh, this is a good one. We like this one. You're going somewhere and nothing can stop you. You pick a car that's telling you to move seven spaces. Somebody is there right there to block you. Some obstacle is right there to block you. And the car says, whoop, I'm a hurdle that jump on and I just keep on going. We like that. That too sounds like life. And then you got slides. Slides are when you're moving in a direction and because you went in the right direction, you get a boost and actually get to skip ahead in the game of sorry. But can I tell you, in the game of life, bumps, jumps, and slides can either happen for you or to you. Many of you think that God is not showing you favor because you got bumped for somebody else. Many of you think that because somebody else has jumped you in the process, they got a promotion you thought was yours, and you got a problem and a question about God. Some of you feel like you're moving in a direction, but somebody else is on that same path and they got there faster and smoother than you did. But see, the thing is, is that the game of life is made up in three phases. 
It's where it starts, it's how it's going, and it's where it ends up. The bumps and the jumps and the slides of life are just part of life. Sometimes things will happen in your favor. Something that will happen in somebody else's favor. You think you praying for favor, somebody else not praying for favor, so how do they get their favor unless they maybe they favor? Pretty... But it's really just part of the game. It's part of life. It's the how is it going part. The bumps and the jumps and the slides are all part of the game, but the thing we cannot lose sight of is the first part is where we start when we make a decision, and the last part is how does it end. Everything in between is dictated by our first decision. We have to know that where it starts is you make a decision. That's what you do. You make a decision. How it goes, you let your decision lead you through the bumps, the jumps, and the slides. So no matter what's happening in between, you got to let your decision guide you through that. Because even if it's something that's not favorable, God is with you. And maybe it wasn't favorable because his timing for you is bigger, better, greater than what you even think for yourself. But you let your decisions guide you through the bumps and the jumps and the slides. Because where it ends is the decisions will make you victorious over the bumps and the jumps and the slides. And it'll lead you home. The last thing I want to share with you is in the game of sorry, you're trying to get home. And there's this path called the safe zone. It's the safe zone. And the safe zone essentially gets you out of the way of the bumps, the jumps, and the slides. And it gets you in the pathway to avoid those things. And it gives you on the right path. So you have protection against those things. But guess what? You have not arrived. And you are still in pursuit of getting home. Somebody in this room, all of us in this room need to be reminded that until God pulls our car and calls us home, we are still in pursuit. So... Maybe you're on the track of bumps and jumps and slides. Maybe you're getting set up and maybe sometimes you're getting set back. Or maybe you're in the pathway of the safe zone. But you got to know, even in the safe zone, you still got to draw cards. You still got to take direction. And you still need the perfect instruction to actually land you home. Sorry. That's just how it is. In the game of sorry, there are four pieces. And once you get one part of it home, there's three more. You still got to keep going. It ain't over because you got one of them. You got to keep going until you get them all home. Maybe you've been victorious over some things and not others. Don't give up. Stay the course. Understand this is the in-between time. This is the how it's going. But you got to keep going until we get home. Hebrews 11 and 6 says this, And without faith it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must what? Believe 
that he exists and he rewards those he rewards those he rewards those I'm not stuck I'm making sure you get this point he rewards those he rewards those who earnestly seek him earnestly sincerity with intense conviction seriously endlessly earnestly means to to go after with a vengeance to go after God no matter what to keep pushing in other words in other words after the decision keep going after the overcoming keep pursuing after the answered prayer keep pushing after you got to jump around Holy Ghost speaking in tongues knock out shout hallelujah Jesus experience keep going you got to make the decision you got to keep going and let him take over and pursue him like it's nobody's business until he calls you home because all of us the days that we have on this earth and the breath that we have in our lungs those days are numbered and one day is going to be over on this side but as long as there is breath in your lungs as long as there is a beat in your heart you got an opportunity to get this thing right you got an opportunity to push you got an opportunity to pursue don't let this moment pass you and you think today is yeah just like last week like last month like last year because tomorrow is not promised and today could be the day that you start over you make a decision <laughs> you start to learn the guidelines and the Lord will bless you and he will bring you forward he's identified you as his own and having been identified there's work to do beloved to God be the glory this is the word of our Lord if this message challenged you and moved you forward personally or in faith we encourage you to share it with someone who needs a message of hope today and if you're interested or looking for ways to partner with us in our mission here at the table, head on over to thetablejoliet.org for more information.